Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening to this episode. I really appreciate each and every one of you for taking time out of your ministry day to spend some time with me in this podcast. I hope that they're encouraging, they're equipping you, uh, and challenging you to grow as a leader. I know one of the things that has always been said is leaders are learners, and I am one of those that loves to learn, and I love to share what I've learned. And a lot of these recent podcasts have been that, just me sitting down here uh, in my little studio office, um, wanting to share my heart and my 30 plus years of experience with many of you. We've had a lot of new folks come into the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group, and it's been exciting to see how many of you are just starting out in children's ministry. And I want to encourage you and equip you for the long haul. So again, if I can be of service, I would love to connect with you. If you're looking for someone to mentor you or encourage you um, to share experience with, to learn from, uh, so that you don't have to learn from your own mistakes, learn from my mistakes, um, KMC Coaching is available as a a service to you uh, where we can work within your budget to, to do a coaching journey. Most of our coaching journeys last four to six months. Uh, where we can walk through structures and strategies and volunteers and all the things that a good leader must have in place to grow a ministry, to move you from a, a just a monitoring and maintaining structure to a growth structure and what the difference looks like. So if we can be of service to you, we'd love to help you with that. We do have a few openings, not a lot, but a couple openings available. But uh, I also wanted to share some things on soul care because I believe as many of the younger leaders and newer leaders are coming into ministry, they're also experiencing how hard it is in ministry. And the reality is it's hard. And a lot of people, one of the reasons why they're leaving is because they come in with these expectations of ministry being one way, only to find that it's much harder than they ever expected. And they do it with much less support than they thought they would get. And I know it's not always that way. I've worked with some fantastic leaders who were constantly down in my area, high-fiving my volunteers and cheering them on from the pulpit and, and speaking out on social media about our children's ministry. And, but I've had some that totally ignore what we do and give very little support and give very little funding. And it gets discouraging. So I wanted these last few podcasts to be real and authentic and raw from my heart to you to help you and encourage you. And today I want to share three reasons why every leader needs to retreat. Now, I've always told people, if you're going to go forward, you need to learn to step back. And there's an important concept there that I hope you'll grab onto. You see, for most pastors, most leaders, the idea of taking a retreat is just kind of a dream. I know when I've talked to some of the people that I've worked with through Restoring Leaders or even KMC Coaching, when I say, when is your next vacation? When is your next scheduled break? I'll hear, I don't have time for that. I can't get away right now. There's too many things coming up, especially right now in the season that we're in. Uh, We're into early April or end of April, early May, 
and where we're all gearing up for summer activities and Bible schools and all those kind of things. And especially now is when leaders feel the pressure to not back away, to step away and take a break. And you know what? (laughs) I'd be a wealthy man if I heard how many times I've heard people say, I just can't take a break. And that's the reason why you need to take a break. We've come to believe we can't afford to take the breaks. And I'm going to tell you, we have to realize we can't afford to not take them. We can't. And I don't understand why this has become the norm for many leaders. I don't understand why leaders would rather go to a conference than take a retreat. Some people use conferences as retreats. But can I explain to you that when I went to retreats, when I went to a conference, excuse me, a conference, I was there to learn. I was there to engage with other leaders. I was there to sharpen my skills. I was there to learn what's new in ministry and new ways of thinking about ministry. So in essence, I was working. Yeah, sure. I went out and had some fun. I had some great food. I saw my friends. I took some time away. But those weren't times to really refill and refresh. And I love going to conferences. Trust me, I will be at some of the conferences that are going around uh, as they come back in person. I will be there because I love them. But I don't go to a conference to retreat and care for my soul. Now, there are some conferences, and I'm going to give a shout out to the Children's Pastors Conference because it is one of the few conferences I've ever been to in all of my life, both youth ministry, student ministry, family ministry, that ever focuses on the soul of a leader. So I thank the leadership at INCM and those that put on the Children's Pastors Conference because they truly do focus on you as a leader in your soul care. So it is much more than just an information conference. But again, as much as I love that conference, I would still say you need to find some times to retreat for yourself. And I'm going to share a couple of reasons, like I said, three reasons why I think you need to sit down today and schedule plans for a spiritual retreat. I'm even going to tell you about some that's coming up in the future here. But my first reason is this, if you're going to be a person of solid character and competence, then you need to be just as intentional about working on your own spiritual life and caring for your own heart and soul and mind. Without this kind of focus, you're going to be susceptible to a lot of things that can affect your character, your competency, and your performance in ministry. I like how Carrie Newhoff in his book, Didn't See It Coming, says this. First of all, you need to understand that it's not selfish to put yourself first when it comes to personal growth. Which is more egocentric? To compromise again and again until your family and your coworkers distrust you? Or take time every day to become a person of deep integrity and honor? Meaning, taking time to check your heart and your soul, to take a spiritual retreat. You see, working on yourself means we've got to focus on our hearts. And so I ask you, how is your heart? Scripture says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're coming across cynical or sharp or harsh, bitter, easily angered, 
something's going on in your heart. When's the last time you've allowed the Spirit of God to look deeply into it? Psalms 139, 23, and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You see, we're asking God in that verse to really dig in deep, to test us. You know, he knows our anxious thoughts. Sometimes when we're anxious, sometimes when we're cynical, sometimes when we're short and, or we're, we're feeling tired, it's really our soul telling us it's time to retreat. It's time to pause. It's time to look into your heart. So I encourage you to develop the habit of setting up a divine appointment every day to spend time with the Lord not just in preparation for your ministry, but in preparation for you to live. If you don't take time to work on your heart, you're opening a door for failure in a lot of different areas. Your heart is truly the key to staying in ministry for the long haul. It's not new leadership techniques. It's not more volunteer systems. It's not having the most polished and fanciest sets. It's your heart. You know, people are drawn to people of the light. If your heart is healthy, you will draw people to your teams. Sometimes I've noticed when I wasn't at my best, that's when I had the hardest time recruiting because I hadn't taken time out for myself. I wasn't watching over my own soul. I was too busy trying to take care of everybody else. And I thought by taking care of everybody else, that was taking care of my soul. I was fulfilling my calling. But God doesn't call us to destroy ourselves for his sake. He doesn't tell us to blow ourselves up for the kingdom. Your heart really is the key to success and, and longevity in ministry. And the enemy knows this all too well. And he will attack where you're vulnerable. When I take time to retreat and allow the spirit to examine me, I can see and start to see more clearly what God sees. And then I can sit back and say, okay, God, fix my armor. I don't want any gaps. I don't want any gaps. I don't want any vulnerabilities. I don't want the enemy to get an inch of, of a target on my armor. You know, honestly, I mean, that's kind of where I felt God leading, restoring leaders is, is to help come alongside leaders and help us find those gaps and, and that God would use restoring leaders ministry and, and the shepherds that will come onto this team to help other shepherds care and support them and encourage them. And one of the things that we do is ask leaders to step aside for a little bit of time. We'll be doing some more of the four Saturdays to restoration classes real soon. If you're interested in taking just one hour a week to do some soul care work, we would invite you to come check that out. But it doesn't take a lot of time to set some time aside to, to work on your heart. You just have to be intentional about it. And when we do that, it allows us to stand strong. And we need leaders, especially now, to stand strong. 
our hearts are truly the epicenter, the power source, the, the core, and we've got to protect it and nurture it and strengthen it. But if we allow it to dry up, it's just like a rechargeable battery. If you ignore it for too long, it just won't accept a charge. If you drain it too hard, too often, eventually it's just not going to do that. So stepping aside and allowing yourself to have a time of retreat will allow you to take a charge from the Holy Spirit and the real power source. Second reason that I think it's important for us to retreat is this. You have to guard what I call your, your bucket. <laughs> it's, it really is your soul. Uh, Lance Witt in his book, Replenish, describes your soul as a bucket. That's kind of where I got this illustration. And his explanation is this, and I love, I love this. This is his quote. I have learned that there are two forces at work that will put holes in your bucket and drain, drain out life. First, there's external forces. The seduction of leaders and leadership, the grind of ministry, the brokenness of our culture, and the pace of 21st century life creates an environment in which it's very challenging to stay healthy at the soul level. And it's true. I call it sustainable pace. Do you know what that is? If you don't, you're going to have to dive into one of our restoration groups because we talk at length about this or come to a restoration retreat um, because we're going to be talking at length about this and what, what it looks like. We're going to help you find your sustainable pace. But see, here's the thing. And what Lance was talking about is this. If we don't guard our buckets, it becomes punctured by all of things in life. Our, our bucket is the things that we're passionate about, that we, we give our souls to, that we push into because we feel that calling and that burden. But there are so many things that are hitting at our buckets and challenging our buckets and puncturing our buckets that it begins to drain. And sometimes we notice the holes and we can patch them quickly by taking a little day off here or that, or, or we'll dig into a new Bible study or read a new soul care book. And, and those things help. They help patch the, the bucket and they keep us going. But if we don't patch it the right way, and if we don't really let that patch take time, if we don't let it time to seal and to, to swell and to plug that hole, it can leak again. And then we run out again. And sometimes that puncture becomes a bigger hole and that patch didn't fix. If we don't take time to fix our buckets correctly, that patch could burst. And not only would it put us out of ministry for a longer period of time, it endangers everyone around us. We've seen some leaders who didn't care for their buckets well, and it hurt a lot of people around them. I ask God every day to protect me and to help me to see my bucket clearly because I don't ever want to hurt someone else because of my failure to protect my own heart and soul. You know, a lot of times when we're wounded, we will wound others and we have to be careful. And in ministry, it's easy to say, I'm fine or I'm okay. <laughs> and then we're not. You know, saying those words is just like slapping a temporary Band-Aid on the side of a bucket and hoping the water pressure won't burst it out. You know, we get hurt in ministry. Ministry is hard. It's messy. 
Sometimes a volunteer says something harsh or another staff member says something critical and it punctures a hole in our bucket. And those kind of hurts and disappointments take time to heal. Sometimes it's a volunteer that you really trust that didn't even bother to call in and they didn't show up. They just didn't, you didn't have any idea where they were. That hurts. And we have to confess that it hurts and not say, oh, well, it was okay. I, I covered everything. It's all right. No, we need to be honest and real. If we're going to stay in ministry for the long haul, this is part of, a, of, believe it or not, of a spiritual retreat of speaking the truth. The I'm okay and I'm fine patches don't hold a, a bucket that's filled to the rim. They're going to give away from the pressure on the inside. And they're going to leak out in discouragement and depression and exhaustion. So when a leader stops to retreat, it also allows the father to bring healing and to speak life into it. He's the master craftsman. He can put the bucket back together and patch those holes so they don't leak again. He can repair and strengthen it and make it even better than ever. But you have to give him the opportunity to do it. So retreating allows God and the Holy Spirit to take time to clean up your bucket, patch it correctly, and refill it. We see scripture in scripture all the time of Jesus taking care of himself and retreating and resting and spending time with the Father. He set the example before us. And I think if, if, if we can't take time to say, I need a break, then we have a pride problem or we have a priority problem or we have a task management and time management problem. And let me say this, my brothers and sisters, you truly are endangering your soul. How can I say that? Because again, if any of you know my stories, you know I've been guilty of this too. And I, again, used to say I didn't have time. I can't take time away. I have to keep pushing. I have to keep pushing. I can't afford to go away. I lived in a poverty mindset, a scarcity mindset. I don't, or, you know, I, I don't have help. I don't have this. I don't have that. And I allowed those things to get in my way. I had a pride problem. I had a priority problem. I had a task management problem. And my soul paid the price. And by the time I did stop, my bucket had so many holes. I didn't even know, honestly, in my own heart to be raw and real. I was scared that God wouldn't even repair it. I knew no temporary patches were going to hold anymore. And again, that's something that having somebody to walk alongside of you. One of the things I found in learning to do my own retreats is sometimes I need to bring somebody along beside me. Somebody that can God can use to help repair my bucket. I am so thankful for other leaders in my life who walk beside me and journey with me because they help me see holes that I never even noticed or even cracks in my bucket. And they were the ones that speak life and say, hey, why don't you let God work on this? Step back. Take a break. And you know, I've never regretted those moments. Now. Honestly, the third and final reason that you need to retreat is because to run a good race as a leader, you do need to rest and renew your earthly mind and body. 
there's some statistics out recently uh, that I saw where for pastors in ministry, for leaders in ministry, only one in 10 are going to retire in ministry. 54% of those leaders are going to feel totally overwhelmed and abandoned all the time. 57% of those leaders feel like I'm doing something good, but I'm still discouraged, stressed, and totally fatigued. 84% of leaders want to have close fellowship with some other leaders, want to have some close friendships, but they have a hard time deciding who they can trust and confide in. 52% of leaders feel totally overworked and can't meet their church's unrealistic expectations. That is not a good thing. It's frightening, <laughs> to be honest. So many of us are overwhelmed, stressed, discouraged, feeling alone. Even though we try to connect and crowdsource on social media and Facebook, we still feel disconnected. And you know what? Truly, it affects our leadership. We all know we can't burn a candle at both ends because if we do, it's not going to last long and it's not the way it was designed to burn. So if you're not taking care of yourself, you're going to find yourself not feeling as creative or as energetic. You're going to lean on other things instead of your own God-given abilities and talents. You're going to try to copy and paste what others have done and make it fit yours, even though it's a totally different context and culture. We have to be careful. Um, Lance Witt says, has, says this um, about Psalms 46.10, which says, Be still and know that I am God. And Lance Witt says, To look at most pastors and ministry leaders, you would think the verse said, Be busy and now know that you are productive. Because <laughs> we value productivity over rest. Some of us really, truly don't know how to rest. We don't know how to shut it off. We don't know how to turn and unplug. We just don't. A friend of mine asked a group of people recently, how long does it take you to unwind when you go on vacation? And I believe the average amount of time for a seven-day vacation was it took them four days to start feeling like they were unwinding. So just as they felt like they were unwinding, now mentally they're going to start shifting with, oh, vacation is almost done. I have to go back to work. Ever brag about how busy you are and how tired you are in the same breath? <laughs> we do this a lot when we gather together as leaders. We almost have a one-up contest about how we can be more, you know, who, who's the, the most tired and burned out. It's a scary game. I, I once sat with a group of leaders and we were we were at a conference and it became this almost contest. It felt like we were playing a game of who could tell the worst story. We were all hot messes. It was frightening. Can I just say, I think it's time for us as leaders to stop it. <laughs> I'm hoping that the KMC community can be a leader in this area and say, it's just going to stop. We are not going to accept this. So what are some things that you can do? Well, 
you can do a couple of things. I'm going to share a couple of things that I've learned over this season to help me retreat right where I am, where I, and however the circumstances I'm in, I found that this will work no matter what. Schedule at least 30 minutes, preferably a minimum of one hour where you can say, I'm going to retreat. I'm going to shut off all the technology. Um, I'm going to shut up and I'm going to listen. My encouragement to you is just to sit quietly with a Bible and a journal. Sit before the Lord and just say, God, I'm here and I don't want to talk. I just want to listen. And then read his scriptures. Let him speak. Just listen and write down the things that God speaks to your heart. Some days you're going to hear loud and clear and other days you're not. But the more often you start this little practice, the better it will be. I also think you can set up a time of solitude and silence. In this time, there are things that you can do. And some people will say, oh, I don't know how I would ever find a place of solitude. My life is crazy. My family's crazy. Well, you know what? Even TV commercials now are advertising how their cars are places of solitude where you can lean the sheet back, close off the rest of the world. I don't care how you do it, but you're going to have to schedule some time, put it on your to-do list, make it a non-negotiable divine appointment because this truly is soul care. So let me give you a couple things that you could do for solitude and silence. You can take a walk. Now, don't take any headphones. In fact, leave your phone behind and just go for a walk. Listen to the creation, the symphony in creation, and soak it up. Like I said, you could sit in your car, close your eyes, and just shut everything off and sit quietly before the Lord. You could wake up 10 minutes earlier and lay quiet and still or go sit up quiet and still. Um, it's an amazing thing, just taking 10 minutes a day, what it will do for your spirit and your soul. But let me tell you, um, if you want to learn more about this, uh, Richard J. Foster has a book called The Celebration of Discipline. And in his book, he has a whole chapter on solitude and silence. And here's the thing. He says, you know, the purpose of silence and solitude is to be able to see and to hear. Control rather than no noise is the key to silence. James saw clearly that the person who could control his tongue is perfect. And under the discipline of silence and solitude, we learn when to speak and when to refrain from speaking. You see, we have to take control and say, I want to have solitude and silence because I care for my soul. So why is retreating important? Because we need it to stay in ministry for the long haul. The world needs us more than ever. God wants to use us more than ever. And as I said, I, I want to wrap up this podcast here with this. Uh, 
as, as many of you know, I have started a ministry called Restoring Leaders. It's a faith-based ministry. It's supported by the gifts and donations of others and ministry and churches and individuals. And if you'd be interested in hearing more about how you can join the, the, the Restoring Leaders team financially so that you can help care and support for other leaders, hey, I would love to talk to you in person about what that looks like. But more importantly, I want you to share what Restoring Leaders is with other leaders because there's a lot of leaders out there hurting and broken and wounded and burned out. And restoring leaders was something that God led me to do by saying to me, help leaders pastor the pastors. And so my role is now to come alongside the church. And what restoring leaders is, is just all about helping leaders step aside and rest their minds and their hearts. We're going to be offering in-person retreats very soon. In fact, our first beta retreat will be happening in mid-April. And once we do this first beta retreat, we will then be launching retreats around the different parts of the United States. It's a four-day, uh, three-night, four-day retreat. Um, there is a fee to attend the retreat that covers the costs of the food and the lodging. Um, and the rest of the resources and things we're getting sponsors for. But it's a, it's a time to allow leaders to just step away and focus on soul care. It's not a conference. It, it, it really isn't. There will be some times to talk with each other, to get one-on-one -on -one mentoring, to spend some time in small group care. And I would encourage you, if you're interested, to reach out. Head over to restoringleaders.org. You can sign up to get on the mailing list um, and email list so that you can do that. But also on that website, there's information about the upcoming retreat dates and locations as we get them updated. That's where it will be updated. We would love to have you think about stepping away and retreating with us. If you need someone to talk to about restoration um, or, or being uh, walking through hurt and pain, we would love to talk to you give you a place that's safe and secure. You can schedule a 30-minute call right there. So anyway, as I wrap up this podcast, I hope it's been a blessing. I hope that you've been encouraged and I hope that you are going to think about how you can take a small retreat. It doesn't have to be a long time. It can simply be a few minutes a day that you intentionally focus in on your heart. But you must retreat in order to advance. I would love to hear your story of what God does with you when you take a retreat for yourself. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Stay tuned for another Kid Ministry Collective podcast. We've got some great guests coming up. We've got some other topics that I believe are going to be really helpful for you. So God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.